right when we went live, I hit my microphone to turn it on, forgetting that it'll turn itself on. What a bonehead move. What a ridiculous move here on Reckless Speculation. Oh, I see what you did there. Got it. <laughs> Guys, welcome to our weekly show with Rod, Randall, and Brandon with no O. As and always. Me. And Robbie. Yeah. Hey, Robbie. Uh, Rob, Robbie Davis is the star. He was going to get his own spot if you just let me get there. <laughs> As always, Roger's late. Robbie's on time. Brandon's on time. So we're going to start without him and jump straight into it. And this week, we were going to start with baseball, Rods, because you're supposed to be here. We're going to skip it and hope you show up. But let's move on to the opening t- shot of the show. Uh, let's talk a little bit about football season's over, guys. First weekend, no football. First of all, was there anybody besides me that, like, Sunday night didn't even know TV was on besides uh, Sunday night football? I struggled all weekend with what to do with my time. Uh, Robbie, what was your first non-football weekend like? Well, so this this past weekend was the first weekend – I think I've been out um, and outside of a sporting event since probably in 16 months or so, it seems like. And um, the place we went was packed and uh, my wife goes up more than I do. And she was like, yeah, it was a very crowded weekend. I'm like, maybe this is the, you know, post football kind of, hey, there's nothing really to do. So everyone is going back out kind of thing is kind of the vibe that I got. But, yeah, it was, you know, Tennessee basketball played, so that was a, um, you know, space field. But other than that, yeah, no, I missed football uh, like I'm sure everyone did. Like, it's just such a weekend staple, uh, especially during the winter when there's no golf, there's no real, you know, getting out and jogging and stuff like that. It really is the mainstay of winter in America. Brendan, did you – uh? Did you did you find yourself? We'll get to it in a little bit. Did you find yourself tuning into the race a little bit? Um, initially, I wanted to. Um, I actually had to put it on DVR because there is golf in Tennessee still, and I played it on Sunday yeah. because there were there were no Sunday afternoon games, no Sunday night uh, deals. I got um, my mother-in-law invited my daughter down since it was a holiday weekend and she got to stay the night. So freed me. President's day. They didn't have school. No school. Yeah. So I know. Right. So yeah, I got a lucky strike there. My wife says I always um, get lucky and get out of childcare when it's my day. And yeah, fortunately I did that day. And, uh, yeah, I played played some golf and enjoyed it. Well, it looks like at the best coast, Buckhead turned on his camera with CM. Welcome, Raj, to the program. Okay. Eventually. Eventually. One thing I want to promote a little bit is uh, you're not seeing us on near as many Facebook pages. We're only two on two Facebook pages today. We are a program that's trying to get to the YouTube base. We're still on iTunes, but we really need you to go like River City Media Sports on YouTube. 
River City Media on iTunes. Uh, Facebook is just limits the things that we can do. And um, we're really trying to get to, the, to that base. So let's see if we've got Raj Meta. Are you in now? Okay, we'll remove him from the string until he gets on. So Raj is gone again. We'll be back in a minute. But uh, as we grow the network, please, please, River City Media, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Robbie, let's open this discussion in the NFL first with your Tennessee Titans. I really see the Titans having two major issues that they need to address this offseason. One is uh, the fact I think one of the tackles are leaving. Taylor Juan is saw his best football. The Titans either need to, in free agency or in the draft, address that tackle position. And also, Julio Jones was not the answer I think they wanted at wide receiver. Still some things to address at wide receiver for the Titans. Yeah, um, tackle is definitely an issue. The one thing that I want to stress, though, is they do not need to panic. Like, this was a number one seed with A.J., Julio, Henry, all hurt the majority of the year. So no trades are needed, no overspending is needed. You know, look at what's coming up in the draft, see where you can position teams. If you need to trade some picks, trade some picks. But don't bust a salary cap when you don't need to. The Titans are really – the AFC is extremely tough, a lot of talent. But they did just – do with that same AFC this year with the number one seed, bad playoff game for the eventual AFC champions. Like this – it's not a rebuild. It's simply move pieces around, add some here and there. Don't break the bank. Don't panic. Don't do anything silly. Do you think uh, – Is Tannehill still your quarterback? If that's the case, then it's time to do something not silly, which is get rid of his uh, butt. I didn't say the A word. I don't know if I can. But, yeah, well, as long as Tannehill's well, there, nothing's happening. I mean, you guys just have to accept that fact. It's never going to happen with that guy. I slightly disagree. Um, all right, so Titans are in a cap salary – problem a little bit uh, we've got some free agents Lawan, saffold landry some big key players on the defense and offensive side um 7.2 million over the cap i think right now but if you look at taylor Lawan's deal and how he's structured he's only due like another 13.2 million next year now if you look at the market cap for a left tackle way over there they're at like 17, 18 million. So we're actually getting him on a pretty good deal because we signed him early, you know, early enough. So I don't think he goes anywhere. I could see Saffold moving, which is unfortunate. I could see potentially Landry moving. Ben but Jones. Like, Isn't Ben, ben Jones? A ben Jones. Too? Yeah. You know, the center is, is the center key piece. I mean, Ben Jones is, is, his productivity on this team is it goes unspoken and it's unbelievable what this guy does um, as a leader in the locker room and just as a, as an offensive lineman in itself. So 
we've got to sign him. Um, Harold Landry, it's going to suck to probably lose that guy, but, um, you know, we can find, we can find replacements for that. Um, but I think, I think they'll keep LaJuan just because there's no one else equivalent that we can get cheaper. So I think he stays, um, but to Robbie's point, this isn't a, a blow up, a, it's a rebuild type season. It's it's more of a restructure. And yes, we're hooked with Tannehill for at least one more year because of all the um, extensions on his restructuring his contract to make room for Julio and all this other stuff. So we're we're definitely stuck with him through twenty twenty three. Um, it's just no doubt. And you know, things can happen, you know. We were close in those games. We, a couple things change. Not necessarily all his fault. I think some of it was play calling, but um, it, it's possible. Yes, it is definitely a harder road with Tannehill at the helm uh, to win a Super Bowl. But to say it's it can't happen, uh, I would disagree with that. So, so Rob, show's hey, called Rex Spec, bro. Like how yeah, exactly. Do it. As uh, welcome, by the way, we. Went ahead and jumped ahead to the NFL. We'll swing back to baseball in a second. I would challenge your take on Tannehill by a couple of things, though. I, I, I And I'm not a Titans guy. One, I think the Titans game plan needs to help Tannehill out more than it did in the last two years. I look back at those Ravens teams that won with Trent Dilfer and Jamal Lewis. And they didn't ask Trent Dilfer to do what the Titans often ask Ryan Tannehill to do. And number two, uh, the window with Derrick Henry makes the Titans a Super Bowl contender, yes or no? I don't know. I mean, they have a lot of issues across the offensive line, and and they had arguably the best line in the year for multiple years. Uh, But – you know, like they said, Saffold, uh, Lawan, Ben Jones. I mean, those are big parts. Uh, we'll see how he recovers. He obviously wasn't himself. Uh, he is a freak of nature, but, I mean, needless to say, no other player has taken that kind of beating or given out that many beatings, I should say, over the last, you know, five years. Um, as for Tannehill, I, you know, I guess we're acknowledging, which is what I believe, is he's a game manager at best. Uh, He has an amazing receiver in Brown, but, you know, with Derrick Henry, it shouldn't be that hard. And they have decent receivers, you know, for the field to open up when you have the best running back in the league. Um, You know, he's a guy that's thrown for almost uh, actually over 4,000 yards in Miami and almost 4,000, I think, in in Tennessee the last two years. Um, You know, he's just – this year it was, what, uh, 3,700, 21 TDs, 14 picks. He, he's just not a great quarterback, not accurate, not, you know, last against the Bengals, Tennessee had nine sacks. And, and basically, I don't know what their third down defense was, but that offense had plenty of opportunities and he couldn't move the ball. Um, some of his interceptions are just bad, like in that game, woof, but you know, I don't know how much of a leader the guy is. I'm not in the locker room, but, you know, that's a team that probably should have been in a Super Bowl by now, uh, you know, but hasn't, uh, but hasn't been. And it's been, what, four or five years. 
three years now coming on four. I mean, I would move on because that roster is aging. If you can get something for him, get him. I mean, case in point, I think Derek Carr would be better on the Titans than Tannehill. One of the Mm. problems the Titans have right now is I think it's 2024. The TV deal is up. And you have teams like Kansas City who have, while you're spending half a billion on Mahomes, this new TV deal is going to shoot the salary cap through the roof. And so the Titans are in a small, small window to win right now. They've got a year, maybe two, or else they're just in no man's land all over the place because you you got guys committed for contracts that you, you can pay way more than, than what they're worth now. Yeah, well, and you look back. I mean, does Tannehill make bad decisions? Yes, he does. But if if you go back to the Bengals game, some of it comes down to play calling and the route structures that were within the play calling that well, caused this interceptions. Was, this was Especially the first, the first one. New offensive coordinator. It, it was. Yeah. And but, still but if you look at AFC. if you look at that very first interception, so there there was they they had the I don't know, I can't remember if it was a like dig route or out route or whatever that was short um, where the safety broke. I know playing violent. I'm just saying every if you look at the route, if you look at the route structures, it, you know, it changes things. And later on they ran that pl- the same play with, with a different route structure that pulled the safety back. And then Tannehill missed AJ Brown wide open. So yes. Does he make mistakes? Of course he does, but it's not all on him. I would say that's 70%. execution and defense too. It's not just guys running or, or the type of routes they're running. You, you know, it's every yeah. But if you don't if you don't happen. have a safety where you, you have to cover the top, uh, a oh, dig or a post route. I mean, I mean you're you're changing. Well, these we'll aren't professional you. coaches. You know, I'd like to think they know what they're doing better than us, I, but still, I would we'll, like to think so too. <laughs> we'll we'll open this up sometimes. again when we talk about free agency. But I did want to come at Rods and ask him a question. Uh, even though you're not local in the news, uh, I mean, you're a Raiders fan. Is the Raiders a $40 million contract to Derek Carr not tying their hands also? The same similar situation, but father mm-hmm. into the salary cap. The day before, Carr said that he would take less money to sign Devontae Adams. Then he goes out and basically is asking for $40 million. Uh, no, he's a moron. Don't pay him that ever. Yeah, the stats are there. He throws for 4,500 yards and has X amount of TDs, but also a guy that is not a born leader and a guy that's just not a winner. Uh, he time and time again. Game? No, the Raiders haven't won a playoff game since like 2003 or four. Um, I'll do the job for $4 million. I mean, with their offensive line, yeah. you'd be dead. But with the Titans' offensive line, I would probably take that. Well, even uh, with I that. don't know what he's doing. You know, I, I, I'd have to see the deal. I'd have to see how it's structured. But is he worth forty million per year? Uh, show me somebody that thinks so, and I'll show you a moron. Well, the Raiders are twenty million in the positive on cap space this year, so they've got a little room to play with. Titans are in a big situation. We're we're minus like seven million in cap space, so we've we've got a little bit more maneuvering to do 
you know, with, we, with uh, that the kind Raiders of have five positions of extreme need, and quarterback we, is not one of them right now. Before we right. move on, free agency, real quick, we're going to hit the Atlanta Falcons, which is my team, and, and I think the Falcons' offseason depends on this. Now, just go around and get your quick opinion of it. The Falcons, are, again, are drafting at eight. Uh, a top ten pick for the Falcons. I think that roster has been deconstructed. Dante Fowler was cut the other day. Uh, Cordell Patterson looks to be re-signing. Matt Ryan's got two more years on his contract. But I think for the Falcons, it's clear now that you have to build rebuild one side of the football. Robbie, with Arthur Smith, a renowned offensive coach, the Falcons' defense was horrible, but do you spend that pick on another weapon on offense for Arthur Smith for Matt Ryan, or do you start rebuilding that horrid defense? Well, I mean, they're in the worst division in football. So, right, so as oh, now – Yeah, so you have, you have the best quarterback in the division. You have probably the best weapon in the division. Well, maybe besides Kamara. So, you have Cordell Patterson, if he does resign. Second best weapon in the division. You got Pitts. So you've got weapons, but does it do any good to make the playoffs if you can't win? Um, you're almost in Jeff Fisher land Titans universe. Like you're, exactly. yeah, you can win the division, but that doesn't do you any good because you're just drafting in the middle of the league. Like it, they've got some weapons that they can't move Matt Ryan. So, yeah, I mean, I think you start building the defense to match those offensive weapons, Pitts, Patterson, you have, maybe draft somebody and start to build what will be the next Matt Ryan, post-Matt Ryan error. But people are going to – you're going to have to lose a bit, lose while winning the division, which is weird. Like, that division is just horrible. Um, and so, yeah, but I mean – I don't know what quarterbacks are coming up that are even worth drafting. There's none this year. Maybe next year there's some, but it's a weak quarterback class. So, yeah, if I'm the Falcons, I just try to build. It's a weak quarterback class, but I'm a, I'm a big believer in Matt Corral, for one. It's, it's the only quarterback I see as NFL upside, and I agree with you. Shane, uh, the one yeah. thing I would ask you, too, it – if that division is so bad, if the Bucks get back Tom Brady, though, it changes everything. And the Falcons are back to a seven and nine football team, seven and ten football team. At best, Brady stays gone. They go nine and eight and win a bad division. Is it worth it? It's not. So the Falcons are also right there with the Titans. They're seven million over the cap as well. Uh, but, you know, num- number eight pick draft, I mean, is that really going to help them? Um, I mean, they, they already had a stacked lineup in, at the Super Bowl and couldn't win it then, you know. So <laughs> Every week we got to bring this one up. Wait, I'm just saying. Look, weren't they up? This point, point, to three? Yeah. They were at this point. I turned it off at halftime. You have got You have got to you've got to start thinking in the future and in some cases, you know, winning is now and sell out and do what you can just like the Rams did. Um, 
That is not the case for the Falcons. The Falcons need to pull it back a little bit. They need to restructure, get rid of some people that they can, free up some salary cap, make some veteran trades, try and get some draft picks, uh, and start rebuilding. Because if not, they're going to continue down this road and snowball into, you know, the Jeff Fisher land, like Robbie said. So it, it's not a pretty look. Um, this I just, team has – sorry. So no, needless ahead. to say, they've got a ton of issues, starting with their best player, arguably, or he was, in, in Calvin Ridley. Uh, I don't know the status on him. Mental health is something not to be taken lightly, uh, but that is devastating for team in terms of team chemistry, on the field product. Again, mental health is paramount, but, you know, if you look defensively, they were a bottom five or ten defense in the league. Uh bad in rushing D, bad in passing D. They actually well, technically middle of the pack, but then you have to consider they're playing two games against Darnold, two games against Winston. Um, so yeah. it, they need help everywhere. And, you, you know, I, I didn't know Grady Jarrett was still playing. I think he's productive. I remember when he was on the Raiders and we didn't pay him. Uh, but, yeah, this is a team with a lot of needs. And uh, – Fortunately, this is a defensive heavy, offensive line heavy draft early. Uh, so, um, yeah, I'm just looking at, you know, Deion Jones and that Alukum kid. I can't pronounce his name. He played well, but uh, uh, yeah. Former well, Raider hey. Eric Harris. That guy's horrible. Fabian Moreau, former Raider. Ugh, terrible. Yeah. And to your point with the Bucks. Sorry. Yeah. Good. Upside of this is the Falcons finally get out of salary cap hell next year, with a they projected can. with a projected sixty two million plus an increase in the cap. I think the Falcons need to shed what they can shed this year, and if that right. includes, I think Calvin Ridley's moving on. Uh, I, and I'm not making a complete joke of this, but I will tell you what the Atlanta papers have made it into it. Calvin Ridley's mental condition is closely related to playing with the Atlanta Falcons. And it seems mm-hmm. like he would get a lot better in his mind if he was somewhere else. So I think the Falcons are going to give him that opportunity. That, not to make light of anyone's mental health, but that seems like the most yes, just ridiculous thing. speculation. That yeah, you like, think. <laughs> oh, I'm upset because I'm playing with this team. I can – be happier playing the team I've never played for because I imagine it's different. Agreed. Something uh, ain't right. By the way, thing. last stat, I was just real quick. The Falcons were last in the NFL in sacks at 18. The team right above them was the Eagles with 29. 11 sacks less than the next closest team and about 40 less than yeah. Buffalo, who led the league. They and need a pass they rush. They got to stop the run. I like Terrell. That's about it's, the only it's guy a position keep on they've spent. And, and Patterson's really? a free agent this year, too, I believe. So. They've mm-hmm. spent. Yes, he is. They went for it. They had a lead in the Super Bowl. Then you got to rebuild. I mean, yeah. it's, it's so hard well, to get back to that. Unless they didn't win that Super Bowl? They didn't win. I, they got I thought they three. did. I turned it off at halftime. So I was yeah, waiting. Randall went to sleep. Team winning. He went to win. I was drunk. No, just just to quickly hit on the Bucks, which you mentioned, um, They've only got about $3 million in cap space this year, and they've got a ton of free agents on that team, both sides of the ball, offensive, offensively and defensively. 
I don't see them retaining this. Um, there's without Brady coming back, there's no reason to restructure and kick the can down the road. I think this is a blow up situation for them, and they're going to be in the same boat as the Falcons, in my opinion. I think 23 free agents over 10 guys that played 10 games last year. Yeah. That's not so, good. They got their not good. Move I'm looking on, blow for a ridiculous yeah. speculation, reckless speculation button, a rec spec button. Tom Brady plays in 2022, but not in Tampa. I'm going to go ahead and call it. Mm-hmm. I'll take that. Right. I heard he loves Las Vegas. I heard he's really good at poker. So I heard he really does. Anyone, does anyone really understand the whom or who when you use which one? Yeah, I no. do sometimes. Um, well, wh- what team do you think he plays for, Randall? I think he has a desire to play for the San Francisco 49ers. That's home, and he would probably win a championship there and give Trey Lance somebody to learn under. Yeah, that would be a perfect fit. Tampa's got to let him go from his contract, though. Uh, it's not going to yes. happen. Yes, but that's the reason we call it reckless speculation. Moving on in the NFL subject, and good good coverage of the local teams and a little what the Raiders threw in there. There is a list of absolutely great free agents out there this year uh, going through the list I was I was impressed that one list I look at had the honey badger as the 12th best free agent available the number one question is of course about Devontae Adams Aaron Rodgers who though on that list of free agents would you want on your team and where can you project one of those free agents going that might change next season? Robbie, what what was your take of the free agent class? Yeah, Devontae Adams is the is crown the first, jewel. Yeah, the first pick you want. Um, what I want him on my team, of course. Um, where does he go? This is one of those, like, you know how when teams hire uh, offensive and then they, they – the pendulum swings a defensive. I think Adams is going from diva quarterback to someone who's a not diva quarterback. I think he just wants to play football and be open and kind of have more of the limelight. So I'm looking at a place, you know, I haven't studied the salary cap, but somewhere, you know, Baltimore, um, Somewhere Devontae? where he, he can just be more of the star. I he, he wants to win, but I don't I don't think he's going back with Aaron Rodgers. I think like he's Vegas. over that Maybe we Vegas. have the money, and that's his guy. That's Carr called him his best friend. They lit it up at yeah. I mean, I mean, Vegas make Vegas makes sense. It does. I'm that's our prayer. And then the other guy tied to them real quick is Allen Robinson. Uh, there are better receivers available, but. This was Rob's answer. Um, Cordell Patterson, though, I think he's a. I think he's he made a name for his himself this year. He he is a weapon. Um, he'll yeah. probably stay in Atlanta. A Southern guy probably likes playing for the Falcons. But um, you put him. Oh my God! Could you imagine him and Andy Reid's offense? Be pretty good. Well, it's like he's like a Hugo Samuel Swiss Army yeah. knife. Same yeah. same kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but minus but fifty pounds. But yeah, there the receivers out there in the top ten of this free agency list. I know Devontae's the crown jewel, but how about Chris Godwin, Mike Williams? There is serious receiver help in this class, Brandon. Yeah, OD. there is. And, you know, it's going to come down to salary cap and what what your team needs. I mean, there's a ton of free agents. Um, there was a lot of teams that kind of sold out this year. Uh, Allen Robinson, you know, prediction is to the Dolphins, who actually have the highest cap right now at $59 million. Uh, um, over the or under the cap, so they've got a lot of money to spend, uh, or 63 million. Sorry, excuse me. Um, but they also have some big key players, Gasecki, um, Ogabas, who was their sack leader on defense, and so they've got a little bit of work there to do, but they've got the most money to spend. You know, new coach coming in, um, we'll see where that goes, but. There's so many free – I mean, this is just all a chess match at this point. And it, it's really hard to project where these players are going to go. Yeah, you want to see them stay with the teams they played with. Like, everyone wants to see Odell back at the Rams because, you know, he played his heart out. And that, that was just an unfortunate injury. And he was he was on fire. Um, and, you know, to – to still have him win a championship with the team was awesome that he knew he was a part of that. But, you know, you know, a competitor like he is, he wanted to be on the field the, the entire time. So you see situations like that where players, even Lawan said it on local radio, like I couldn't even imagine being in another Jersey aside from, you know, the Titans, like it doesn't matter what, what it takes. So you're going to have those kind of situations where some some players that have been paid or maybe willing to restructure just because they love the culture, they love the team, they love the direction, and you'll see some of that. But then, I mean, there's there's so many big names and there. There's a lot of cap issues. I think there's only 20, well, 21 player or 21 teams that are in positive on the cap space right now. So um, it's majority, but still there, there's a lot of moving parts there. Um, it's going to be interesting to see this offseason. The safeties, man, the safeties are legit. Starting with Jesse Bates from Cincinnati, they'll probably franchise tag him, but that guy's a big time difference maker. We talked about the honey badger. All that guy does is win when he's not on the field, they lose. Chiefs and, have uh, to reset him, right? Yeah. Uh, they, you know, he's getting up there, but I sure as heck would. You know, they also have Orlando Brown, uh, another good guard. And then the Saints have Marcus Williams, a safety, and then Teron Armstead, uh, the amazing left tackle. So safety and offensive tack and ta- offensive tackle are like two of the most important positions in football. And the top 10 free agents is riddled with those positions. How about does this great running back – I mean, uh, wide receiver class, does this basically hurt the Odell Beckhams, the Antonio Browns, the Chris Godwins, guys that were either issues at the end of the year or injured at the end of the year? Are, are you putting three mil or three years, 30 million on Odell Beckham's plate right now, Raj? Uh, 10 million per? Yeah, I would. 
uh, you know, that's, I don't think that's much in the world of the NFL, but, you know, quickly on him, the knock on him is he hasn't been involved. He's not a great teammate. He doesn't want to win. All that guy did is STFU. His teammates loved him. Didn't say a word. Afterwards, he's hurt. He's in full tears because he's so happy he won that ring. Uh, mad respect for him. If anything, I would think, you know, some of those older guys, it, it sort of shows the possibility of the rebirth. And depending on the team culture, you, you know, the most teams aren't as dysfunctional as Cleveland. And uh, some of these guys, you know, change of scenery is maybe what they need. Robbie, before we go much farther, I do want to get to someone that was near and dear to your heart. Guys, my phone is not charging for some reason. Uh, I, I may have to log off real fast and log back on. But, Robbie, one of the near and dear people to your heart was uh, Tampa running back Leonard Fournette. Free agent, able to sign. This list has him listed as the 55th most desirable free agent and the first running back other than Patterson. Does that just strike you as, wow, has running back really turned this this little in this league now? Well, as someone who revolutionized the no running back draft (laughs) and just wait till the leftovers are there, no, it doesn't surprise me. Um, This is a plug-and-play league. I mean, this is a – hey, are you fast and you run? Like, just – hey, I just hand you the ball. No, I mean, there's Derrick Henry. There's Christian McCaffrey. Um there's only a few guys now that are actual running backs. And the rest of them, man, Debo Samuels, Cordell Patterson, give athletes the ball and just let them play. Um, so, no, it doesn't surprise me. And, yeah, I mean, Leonard Fournette, he, I mean, he's a great running back. But that position isn't really needed anymore. Well, I – I, I want to before a bit. before we get off the lobby. I want all of you to answer this question. Hold on, just a second, Shane. Is Marcus Marietta the best quarterback in the free agent market? Uh, 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 <laughs> another guy that's not a a winner per se. Um, you know, that's a great question. I'm trying to think who's who, who, who's the, who, who's I'm trying who's, to who's up Winston. for the second one. James Winston, Winston Marcus no, Mariano. I'll take okay. I'll take Jameis Winston over Marcus for sure. I would too. All right, I don't. Go know. ahead, Shane. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Brid- Bridgewater, Bridgewater. I, I'd take Bridgewater over. Yeah, I take Bridgewater over both of those guys. Actually. Yeah, over both of those guys. Um, no, I was okay. just going to say, like this year's proven that you know the NFL's become kind of what have you done for me lately they'll they'll kick someone off the team or you know disregard them as old or washed up relatively quickly and it 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 comes down to almost like the money ball kind of game plan you know you get these these people that can get on on the right team in the right scheme and still have some athletic talent left in the tank and you see what they can do. It's just – I think the Rams changed OBJ. I think he's a better person, that, you know, overall. Just, you know, like Raj said, he's kept his mouth shut. He's not the big diva like he used to be. Like, he, he just played the game, and he, and he played really well. Um, Fournette, 
the same thing. Like he was a lost cause. Like er, nobody even, you know, accounted for him, uh, especially in fantasy football. <laughs> that was the only thing Robbie had left to pick was was for that. So um, <laughs> lucky strike there. But, he ended uh, up being a top five running back. Exactly. So that's the thing. Like, you know, to Raj's point, you get these these guys that are still super passionate about the game, that are athletic. You change the culture a little bit. You get them in the right setting. And that's what that's where the magic happens. So, and a lot of I think a lot of NFL players in the past have kind of fizzled out because of the situations they were in and didn't get schemed on by what they're good at. And it, it was more of a you know schematic deal for the offensive coordinator. So anyway, I'll shut up. Last question nah, about free agency. I want to go to Rod for the short answer. This this is the last got to be the last one before we move on. Sure. The best pass rusher in the NFL is 32 years old and still on the open market. How many years do you sign Von Miller for, Rod? Not many. Uh, it it helps where he was, and he had arguably the most well, really the most dominant defensive player. The Rams have a, a great off uh, defensive line, and he could just be a stand up guy and and get after it. You know, he's got some years on him as well. What's he got, like eight? Uh, he's still Vaughn Miller, but I wouldn't give him more than two. And, uh, you know, I think he's an injury league. waiting to happen. Been in the league front. 11 years. He's 32 years oh, old. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. You, front load that, you front load that contract. I mean, you give him a two-year deal, you front load it, and then you can get rid of him on year two if he doesn't produce, and it's, it's a done deal. So I don't see the, the issue there. Not for long. That is it. Quickly, Jerry we're going Glendale. to talk about college football for just one brief second. Over the last few weeks, we've really seen the effect of NIL. And I know it's a college football segment, but one of the things I wanted to address and ask you about, uh, Kentucky Center Tshibwe made national news when it came out that foreign players couldn't accept NIL. There's some loopholes around this rule. And now he's brought his mom into the U.S. He supposedly has a $2 million NIL. Robbie, in college football, what's going to stop the top five recruits from being an open bidding war next year? Two words, absolutely nothing. Thank you. I mean, that's the short answer. (laughs) Yeah. That, that's as brief as I can be. Yeah. I was just going to say nothing, but you yeah. brought the absolute in there. Well, what's that going to do to recruiting next year? Does the ha- does it make the haves and the have-nots become even bigger and wider? Oh, yeah, 100%. This gap is going to grow so much. I mean, look, you can argue – the nerds, the Zuckerbergs, the Gates, all them, they have more money, but they don't care about sports. Uh, they may want to own an NFL team to own an NFL team. They don't care about recruits. You know who does? The local Mercedes dealership owners. They care about their local college football team. They're going to give the money. Yeah, it, it's going to widen it so much that, I mean, 
it's already so wide right now. Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, was Oklahoma, now probably USC now. Um, it, it It's just going to get wider and wider. Texas A&M. But Clemson may not be able to keep up in an odd spot they are. They're a very small town. Um, and Dabo doesn't seem to want to adapt to this, which is weird. Yeah, a and going to be up there, LSU. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what Clemson, Florida State, Miami, what happens with them. So, Rog and Brendan, both of your schools just ooze money. So, next year, y'all going to have number one and two classes in the nation? Should. I mean, sure as hell hope so. Yeah, why not? There's there's no rules, really. Not number one, but they should both be in the top five. Yeah, they'll be in the top we're, – we're already in the top five, yeah. typically. But we should be, you know, for sure. This doesn't really change the game necessarily for the big players. All they're going to do is just legally throw money at all these kids, which they've been doing for years. Well, what but, it does is it – so basically the Alabama model of just stacking depth. So yeah, changes Saban's, everything. What Saban's done has been like, hey, five-star recruit, yep. running back, come here and then bench, bench, play one year NFL. That's what USC and Ohio State are going to do now. Just stack the depth. Hey – don't you don't have to worry about getting hurt. You play one year NFL. Yeah, well, I I don't know. It's stupid I think, to play I, three years. It, it is, but I don't know if you're necessarily. I think it's against the stacking the deck. I think that these kids that actually want to go out and play, they're going to get NLI deals from maybe a Division two school where they can go make a couple million bucks initially. With as whether they're going to be a third stringer at Alabama, I mean. I can and, see money talks, man. So there's no I, I, sanctions on I was, this. I was I, I was I, at Ten- I was at Tennessee. Jim Bob Cooter was the second best, second most popular person on campus. Man, you you get personality whether you play or not. You can. No, make- I, I I don't disagree. I'm just saying as far as playing and competitors that want to play. But if you're but look if at you're, Deion, Deion Sanders had some pretty big. I know, I know but, but but wait, like if you. If you're going to be in the NFL and you can sit and not risk injury and still make 200 grand a year, why would you not go to Ohio State, make 200 grand a year, do commercials, whatever it is, be the next up and comer, then play your year, then go pro? I don't disagree, but when, you know, that if is a big if, if you haven't seen the field and there's no recruiting for you to the NFL, just because you're on a third string running back for Alabama, you're not getting a automatic, you know, draft pick. So uh, answering you, Randall's question about I'd, international I'd bet students. Savings you are. That's a federal immigration law issue. And that's gonna trump state law every time. You know, there's it's so convoluted with F one and P one and professional athletes can be P one A. You know, some of the logic behind it is basically bureaucratic. It it because federal law applies. Who's going to challenge or change it at this point? There should be a loophole. Uh, you know, people against it had said, opposition has said, well, that's going to involve pulling kids from all over the world and come to your school. I mean, what the hell does NIL do, you know, domestically? As if the NCAA is being a, a hypocrite here. That's so shocking. But, yeah, it's it's a very muddied water runoff whatever the hell you want to say uh but 
it's kind of like a well we don't have to deal with this now so we're not going to deal with it do, do you know raj do they pay taxes on that money i know this yes yeah they do i believe so yeah so let's move on, and I hate to move on because we could stay there the rest of the night, but the ugliest situation, or one of the ugliest situations in, in Section 4, I'm going to go off on a rant, so let's not call it the ugliest situation. MLB this week kind of got serious about negotiating. Uh, there was an hour and a half. There was a little more. But I want to read you some numbers. Uh, Major League Baseball is offering a 2022 a $214 million non-luxury cap salary, moving to $216 million in 24, $218 million in 25, and $222 million in 26. The player's proposal starts at $245 million moves to $273 million by 2026. News also broke over the weekend that Juan Soto, the amazing outfielder from the Senators, Senators, sorry, the Nationals, turned down a $324 million contract just prior to the strike lockout period. Roger, I'm going to open with you as our baseball guy. These numbers seem astronomical for a sport a few years ago that was in financial trouble, by all accounts. Is baseball setting themselves up for another great lockout strike work stop? Sure looks like it. In some point. Sure looks like it. Monday was the deadline, uh, is the deadline to have a standard regular season. If they don't come to an agreement, then they will shorten the season. Um, they're just so far apart. You know, one thing is a pre-arbitration pool that players uh, basically before arbitration can get paid out of. The players want $150 million or something, and the owners proposed $20 million, which this week was increased from $5 million. Um, you know, the competitive balance tax, essentially owners wanted to limit the uh, – the number of times people were sent down. Essentially, the players want the league to be more competitive, which thereby, in theory, would increase their value. Uh, they want, you know, obviously, owners uh, basically dictate everything, and even the pace of play was potentially discussed, but not right now. And, you know, they want to get rid of tanking, uh, basically sending down all these players and uh, trying to get a better draft pick. So one of the things the union proposed was uh, a draft lottery for at least eight slots uh, for the non-playoff teams. The owners initially said no, only three, and then came back with four, which was nice of them. Maybe they'll settle on six. Uh, you know, they, they, they'll still tank, and, and that's what the players don't want. They want a competitive game, and the owners clearly uh, – if something's not working out, tank it. We'll rebuild, get a bunch of guys on rookie deals and whatnot, you know, like the Royals did and, uh, you know, Nationals to an extent. Uh, really, the Royals were the model. Uh, Tampa Bay, and uh, they'll make more money and spend less. 
Robbie, this is a black eye to me for Major League Baseball if we get the, the season shortened. As an MLB fan, it took uh, uh, several seasons for me to buy back in. They're playing with fire with all the things that are out there right now for my entertainment dollar. So this is the ultimate playing with fire. Um, they're far apart. They're not talking to say we sat down for an hour and a half. Um, is the equivalent of being like, Hey, I checked my phone and hit the ignore button is what it is. Like these are complex issues and even like a mediator, an arbitrator, they can't even get people's everyone in the room's names and talk about their position an hour and a half. It's a joke. It's a media, just a, Farce, like it's just, and and what's going to happen? I, I I think, and and these these numbers are approximate. Um, four owners, I think, still own the teams from the '94 lockout. Six families combined, so six of the thirty teams remember, or six owners of the thirty teams remember what happened in the lockout '94. I got bad news for you. Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, Cal Ripken, the steroid age isn't coming back through that door unless you want to let it. And really, man, eyeballs are the attention is grabbing at every angle. We're going to talk about NASCAR ratings being up. We're going to talk, I mean, not this show, but eventually the new football league combines coming up. Like the spring is for the taking. And if baseball lets that window open, they will be severely disappointed about what happens. Brendan, is is there any doubt in your mind that behind the scenes, the high-profile free agents are not maneuvering that, you know, Freddie Freeman, as soon as the strike is over, the lockout open, whether it be he signs with the Yankees or the Dodgers, the construction of that contract is probably done in the silence of room right now. What do you say? Yeah, I would think so. The top free agents are have already got deals done, you know, pending. Um, but here's the good news. So, you know, they're they're holding all these conferences in Florida right now, and the good thing is that nobody's left. There hasn't been someone that gets so upset on one side from, you know, the proposal that it's just completely gone out the window where they just get up and leave and get on a plane. So the good news is they're still talking, they're in talks. And we all know in professional sports, deadlines are are a big deal, right? So Monday, like Raj said, the 28th, that's, that's the deadline. Um, You know, you look at, in comparison, like NFL trades, things like that, they come down to the wire. Things come down to the wire. Um, now, what the off, off, latest offer was like increase by ten grand minimum pay or something by the owner, which is just nothing. That's not going to move the needle, you know, for the players. Um, the players are taking into account all the new revenue coming in the stream, streaming TV, YouTube, you know, Amazon, all this other big TV contracts that they're going to get. So, I mean, they're, they're trying to fight for that. They want to get more 
front-loaded contracts instead of you know play several years underpaid and then then try and get contracts. So I think it's still possible that a deal can get done because no one has left yet and they're still in rooms. There, there's even smaller meetings before the big meetings with you know key players in the negotiation. So you know I I wouldn't quite count it out yet. Obviously, if it doesn't make the deadline, then um, the owners, if, if they miss any games, there's no makeup games and the players don't get paid for those games. So that's the downside of it. I think, I think they're making small progress and I think we're going to start to see that snowball a little bit more as we get closer to the deadline. The Braves are representative of this entire situation. This week, this year. I mean, the, the Braves have to buy, they have to pay two of the best young players in baseball and Oscar Albies and Ronald Acuna Jr. Freeman's 32 years old. They have a ton of free agents that just won them a championship. Like what all of those guys are champion, uh, are free agents, I believe, especially Rosario, Soler. They got their ring. The owners, mm-hmm. you know, it would be, and the ownership is Liberty Media Corporation. Uh, you know, it's a business. And, why would they pay all this money to these guys and be locked in when number one, they have to lock up two of the best young players in baseball. Um, I think they're going to shed and uh, start to rebuild again. Cause again, they got their ring. That's the whole goal of this. Uh, and getting two is nearly impossible this day and age back to back. If I'm the Braves, it, I let Freeman go to the Dodgers and uh, yeah, I start to uh, keep my young talent freed uh, Ian Anderson, those types of guys, and uh, keep my core four and and move on from a bunch of dudes. But yeah. it's tough. It, it depends on the mentality of your your front office too. I mean, if like you said, it's very rare to repeat or even get to that game again. But you know, when you're loaded with talent, a bunch of free agents, I mean, it's possible. I mean, you could you could restructure for a year and try and figure it out. So I don't know. I'm anxious to see. I, I, I really think I really think that um, that they're going to get something done before uh, Monday. I really do. Reckless speculation. Freddie Freeman signs with the Yankees, and Matt Olson starts the season day one in a Braves uniform. That'll be my reckless speculation for tonight. And Rod. Are the Braves Dodgers. just as good with Matt Olson at first as Freddie no. Freeman? No. Not even close. Freeman's a much better player. He's also the Atlanta Braves. He is the franchise player. He's the one guy after Chipper that you think of. He's a clubhouse guy, team leader. He's poised. He's a winner. Uh, I Matt Olson can play, but, you know, Freeman makes so much contact. You know, he gets on base for pretty much anybody you slot in that hole after him, and the guy gets up on or gets a good pitch. Uh, by the way, Freddie Freeman was a 2007 Orange County Player of the Year at El Medina High School. So forget the Angels, uh, but the Dodgers are very interested in Freddie Freeman, and the Yankees are a bunch of jerks. So Freeman should go home. It's too I got cold a question anyway. for you guys real quick. Being a Cubs fan myself um, – I know some of the top free agents, Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, Kyle Schwarber. Where do you see these guys landing 
in the future here. Bryant has been reported. Arguably, the Seattle Mariners have been a big target. The Giants don't have the money to do that. Um, Rizzo, you know, aging, declining skills. He played first, first, first base for the Yankees last year. Uh, didn't exactly set the world on fire. Uh, I'm not sure where the Yankees' payroll is, but I know it's pretty darn high considering Garrett Cole, Judge, and Stanton, and so on and yeah. so forth. They don't, they don't take um, the money ball into effect. Yeah, no, they do not. And, and Schwarber, you know, is he an everyday outfielder? No. I, I mean, he had a good season, but I don't see him as yeah, an everyday I mean, outfielder. He's still a guy that, that uh, hits the crap out of the ball. And Yeah, Rizzo and Schwarber are more hitters. Yeah, I hate to sure. do this. But we got to move on. We got about 15 minutes left and two topics I want to get to. Good points. Love the baseball talk. I am actually interested in a five minute to 10 minute conversation about the Daytona 500. I mm. have not watched a race in multiple years. Because I'll be back of in 10. Robert, I, I quit my last show because they wanted to go to a racing format. I despise racing for the most part. Uh, it, of course, it was a local short track format, which I wasn't interested in. But because of some of the things I've heard during the year, I did watch the Daytona 500. I was not 1988 interested, but I watched every minute of it, which has been a long time. Has NASCAR finally hit on something that's appealing to the old NASCAR fan and the new NASCAR fan? Let Brandon start. Brandon, you're a yesin'. Yes. Yeah, I think so. So um, I actually had lunch with a buddy today, and he's a huge NASCAR guy. If we get into, you know, an entire show about that, um, I definitely Robert want to bring him on. Um, he – I watched a little bit of it on DVR, but I didn't get to watch it all, you know, just because of life and everything else. Um, anyway. From what the collaboration, talking with him today, so the biggest takeaway from that was, you know, Brad Koslowski just drove too hard too early, and he was pushing too hard too early and, and causing some wrecks there. Um, you know, overall, the Chevy cars were faster, especially in the um, initial poles or whatever. Um uh, or the qualifying, sorry. And then uh, the Fords as a pack dominated. Uh, so when they teamed up, I mean, it was, they were unstoppable. Um, you know, you look at the, what was the final or the top? Yeah, top, top 10 finish. So Ford dominated. So Cendric, Ford, Wallace, Toyota, uh, Another Ford, 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 Toyota, Ford, 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 Chevrolet. So, I mean, Ford in the packs were just domination at the Daytona 500. Yeah, so, Brandon, that was my first takeaway also was, and I don't know if it's the, the new car and if, they're, if this is strategic or if this is just a competitive edge, but it wasn't teams racing together and drafting off each other. It was cars drafting off. Like, yeah, 
the Abbeys were running together, the Fords were running together, the Toyotas were running together. And uh, and so that so I'm interested to see if this is this what keeps on because as you guys know, I'm a big gambler on NASCAR. Um, and so that yeah, it, it wasn't usually you see like the Hendrick Motorsports team playing together. Right. This was, it was Chevy Ford all the way around. Um, the uh, the kid Cedric uh, winning. Um, you know, we had a buddy of ours text that a lot of money was going on him. Kudos to them to find that out. Um, he raised the great sort of Bubba Wallace. I thought um, the finish was awesome. I thought it was a great race overall. So I'm not a fan of the wrecking very much because uh, I gamble on it and you can have a wreck affect your driver, not necessarily involved in the wreck. So I prefer a clean race, um, but it is exciting. And um, oh my gosh, like you talk about if you're, if you're right now, if you're a parent, and you're saying, hey, I want my kid to play football or race NASCAR. NASCAR is a thousand times safer than playing football. You watch those cars flip over, uh, like slide going 80, uh, 150 miles an hour, and the, the road bar, everything works, and they just walk yeah. out of the problem. It's amazing. Yeah, it is. Well, and I think, you know, everyone's trying to figure out the whole new car setup was yeah. what called the gen seven or whatever it is yeah. um you know it's almost like indie now they got the one lug nut instead of five so it changes your whole you know timing on pits and everything else so there's a lot of other things that go into this race and everyone's still trying to figure that out i think it was yeah there, there were definitely sloppy, yeah a little bit there, were, there were some mistakes that generally don't happen right yeah, and I think they'll figure it out as they, they go along. But um, overall, I'm excited for this season. I'm, I'm getting back into it, you know, solely because of this podcast. And, uh, yeah, like, like I said, I had lunch with a buddy today that, that we will bring on if yes. we do, you know, a whole segment on, on this. Um, and, and he gave me a lot of good information on that, and I'm actually, you know, Kind of oh. copyrighting some of his notes. Right yeah. Now, well, so. as they go, as they go to new tracks, it's going to be fascinating. As the as the temperature changes, because they're in Daytona, but when they go to warmer tracks and how this new car works, it's it's, it's going to yeah. be a which really that's always affected everything. But now yeah. you know with the whole new car and yeah, it, it's it's a whole new you know curveball into the NASCAR for uh, race fans and just people who want to watch things on Sundays in general. Yeah. It, I mean, I'm back. I mean, racing is, is fun. It's always been fun. I don't know why I even got away from it. I think I, I got too deep into football and college football and my, my brother just uh, golf. My brother just messaged Brandon, where are my golf clubs? Yeah. <laughs> They're coming. <Yeah. laughs> hey, one question I'll ask you before we get back to uh college basketball, which is in the next segment. Is and I'm trying to think of the right way to say this. Is celebrity ownership helping NASCAR right now? Michael Jordan, Brad Dory. A lot of these guys are celebrity owners are putting a lot of eyes on the product. I don't think so. I don't think it's helping that much more. Um, I think it's just timing with everything else going on. Um, you know, 
the window of, of spring training, MLB, this whole lockout, like, and, and racing is starting to, to catch fire. So I, maybe, you know, it, it'll get a couple more clicks because of that, but I don't see a whole big influence swinging um, big names. NASCAR, in my opinion, they seize the moment. Um, when everything stopped back two years ago, they were the mm-hmm. first ones to say, we're putting our product on. We can we can do it. We can, we can make it happen. And they put their product on, whether yep. it was iRacing and then and then empty tracks, but they they, were, iRacing, they put it on and they did it first. And they got a lot of people that were just missing sports to get yep. on board. But this, but to your point, I do think Randall, it helps. I was looking at the teams today. It used to be four or five. You've got Hendrick, Daughtery Racing, Calling, Petty, Richard Childress, Spire, uh, Front Row, Live Sports, RFK. I'll go on and on. But then my favorite is the Wood Brothers Racing. One car they have, number 21. And he had a good showing the other uh, Daytona. I root for him. It, it, it's a It's a – sport where yeah you can get in there if you you don't have to be a billionaire you can build it and get in there and go so um well i don't think it's a huge deal to most people but i just think nascar like 41 percent over the nba weekend that's, huge numbers, huge well, I, numbers. Get it, I get it it's a, the daytona 500 and that's their super bowl but that's nba's showcase weekend too 41 that's almost yeah. Well, and the thing about NASCAR, it, it's a very likable sport and yeah. you don't have to know a, a lot about it to enjoy it. I mean, I've been to several races, like I said, and watching it on TV is a thousand percent different than being at a, at a track. And that's what got me hooked on it earlier was actually going to a race. But it's a very easy sport to follow. Now, once you start getting into it, if you become a nerd about it, then you understand pit times and, you know, the spotters and changes. There's a whole lot of, you know, take two tires, four tires. You know, there, there's a lot that goes into it. All right, um, guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to wrap up the NASCAR <laughs> talk. It's something we're going to end up with more of as the year. I still think we need to do a Robbie Davis racing hour. Maybe I'm down. Maybe you do that around uh, mid-season or something. But I want to get to something, and, and it has bothered me worse. I think I'm usually middle of the road when it comes to sports. But this, uh, we'll go to college, the world of college basketball for our next story. And I had no, no other way to say it than I was watching live as Jawan Howard had his meltdown. Uh, I was waiting on another game to come home. I was appalled. I was everything that I put in a group text. I believe Juwan Howard should have been fired. He's now been suspended for the rest of the regular season. But to me, he is a lame duck coach at 14 and 10. That scene, I believe it had been many, many other coaches who's not a former player at a current school would have been fired instantly. I believe he got the celebrity treating treatment. So, Raj, I'll start with you. 
What did you think of Juwan Howard, and was the punishment just? I think so. I wouldn't have fired him. Um, you know, what Wisconsin did was Bush League. It, it, nothing justifies what Juwan Howard did. Let's, let's, that reaction was completely uncalled for. Uh, it's kind of like uh, what Chappelle used to say. I wouldn't do it. I'm not going to say what he said, but I understand. Um, you know, leave the man alone. He's a competitor. Wisconsin, for those that don't know, there's 15 seconds left. They're up 15 points. The reserves are in, and guard said that he called timeout with 10 seconds left because he was concerned of not getting past half court and getting a 10-second call. Who gives a you-know-what? You don't do that. That's unwritten rule. It's a written rule. It should be. You don't do that. After the game, you can see how mad he was. Again, he's a former player. He's not some short little coach guy that, you know, has been behind a bench and a whistle all his life. He gets fired up. Leave the man alone. He stopped him to try to justify. No, there's no justifying. Did he think Jawan Howard would be like, oh, now I get it. You didn't want a 10-second rule when you were up 15 points with 15, 10 seconds left. No, leave him alone. After that point, completely unjustified. I don't want to use the word justified, but like I wouldn't do it, but I understand. Who knows what the assistant coach said? We don't know. Uh, You know, to judge him, to say he should be fired, I think that's way off. If I'd fire anyone, it would be Greg Gard for calling a timeout with 15 seconds left. That's a Bush chump move. Chump. (laughs) Robbie? I can't say that I'm more on the opposite side of this. As someone who's worked in the media, mostly at high school, some college, I was, my thought is that the leadership, uh, your leader, your role as a leader of that program and is to not lose your composure and that he lost his composure. Yeah. I agree with you, Raj. Maybe the timeout was unnecessary, but the reaction was a thousand times worse. Maybe. They had four seconds left to get the ball over, 15 seconds left in the game, and he calls a timeout with his reserves in. That's a slap in the face. That's an FU. I think think they documented that Michigan had done a very – that Juwan Howard himself had done a very similar thing early in the year. And as you should do to every Michigan team don't make a right. Yeah, so I can't disagree more, Raj. Look, hey, Michigan pressed with 15 seconds left on the clock, down 15. You press. You're you're wanting the ball back. Hey, we get it. We recognize the press. You call timeout. Hey, we're restructuring offense. You get mad about that? Well, the unwritten rules, well, don't press down 15 with 15 seconds left. And then after that, oh, my gosh, I'm sorry. You're upset because we call a timeout. Sorry, be a grown-up. You nah, have man. to. You don't do it. You, you played my whole no. life. Randall did. You don't do it. Juwan Howard's a player. If, if he goes 100 press, miles I'll, an hour. I'll let you, I'll let you talk. Juwan Howard talk. does not. Juwan hey, Howard does Raj, not know Raj, the meaning Raj, of on, laying hold off. Hold on, Raj. I'll Doesn't let you talk. Right. Just listen, listen. You know, if you're pressing and I don't have – I am I got my scrubs out there and then all of a sudden you're trapping. Okay, I need a timeout to get my team organized. And then that makes you angry, makes you so angry that you can't just do the obligatory uh, handshake. Are you kidding me? You need to grow up. You You are a professional coach in a professional conference, and you need to be held accountable. I'm not saying the guy should be fired. 
Um, I I think I would have suspended him the rest of the year and postseason because I mean let's be honest, there's no postseason anyways. Just go ahead and suspend him the rest of the postseason. But to say anything like oh that's acceptable, no, it's never acceptable. I don't care what he said. It's not acceptable to put your hands on somebody else in that setting, um, unjustifiable. That and Juwan Howard should go to anger management counseling while this is going on. And look, man, you have what about time guard out. and the assistant coach. What's that? All Howard said. What about guard and the assistant coach? They both made it exponentially worse. Again, not justified. Yeah, anger management, whatever. Never should do that. Juwan Howard said the same thing. Uh, I didn't see any punishment handed to those guys. Juwan Howard tried to shake his hand no, quickly. John, All he said was, I, I'll remember this shit. Fine. Well, I, Nothing fact, is right split. after 24 hours, yeah. Juwan Howard got hammered right away. Uh, no, no, no. no the, again, the, the, the he said, I'll remember this. As, again, dude, I can't stress this enough. You don't. It's not about being a grown-up. It's not about keeping the press on if. No, wait, trying to fall back no, going 100 no, miles an hour. Opposed? You don't do that. Ever. Are you opposed if I have 20 seconds left to call a timeout to get my walk-ons on to let them play in front of the family? It's the same principle. No, it is not. If it's senior no, night and you can't no, do no, it I don't care with a minute not, and a half it, left. It can be non-conference. No. It's 20 seconds and left. I'm letting my seniors don't, play. Don't, right, I, I don't care. Not up your other I don't care. I don't care what it is. It is – all right, so his actions were non-just for sure. He should never have done that. Um, at the same time, it's Michigan. So, yeah, beat him as bad as you can. Do whatever you can to him. Like, we do that in football and every other sport. Like, why is this any different? I know it's not Ohio State-Michigan, but, you know, if you've got a rival or an in-conference battle that you're playing, like, why would you – not want to step on their neck per se, you know, like, I don't get it. Like grow up. Like it, it's a game. Like at the end of the day, like we beat you and we showed we could beat you. Now you would, don't tell me Juwan would not do the same thing if he was in oh. a different no, position Howard and step called. on them and, and run up the score, or do whatever he could to, to beat him as bad as he could. So Howard all called that, timeout against Indiana up 13 with 55 seconds left of the game. Yeah, so don't don't give me, you know, that. yeah, is it wrong in, that's, you know, the, the gentleman's game of sports? Different context, yeah, and that's a minute but, left. Uh, we don't know why. But, but come on, man. I mean, Football, you're, it's like you're going beating, five wide up 40 with – Yeah, exactly. Left. Mike that's Lee, what Woody Hayes said. That's, nobody, nobody's ever done. Woody that. Hayes said, "Why, you know, why did you go for two? Because we couldn't go for three. That's why. Yeah, because yeah, you know, exactly. you just you so, you step on them, and that's what that's what it is. It's a sport. You know, if you can't take it, then get your butt out of the kitchen. I, like, yeah, for Dewan Howard, that, that's, that's just bush league. Like you're you're a coach at the University of Michigan. Like you got to be better." Yeah. Well, he didn't stop and put his hands on the other coach in the in the line and basically no, initiate the, the other coach. The other coach did initiate well, well, the but, whole but, thing. But, but how would he hit somebody else? If he knew he was that hot in the head, me as a person, like I get that mad sometimes, and I understand when I walk away. Like I'm just like, okay, I just can't even be in this situation right now. I'll I'll leave. I'm just I'm not even going to talk to you. But you know, they kept 
bantering back and forth and you know all no, that and then howard was he was his finger was in his face immediately then hit the other guy i mean he was the other he, guy touched him first That's he, why he's, he got he, howard howard's a lunatic in it's, that situation it's not okay he's done it before as well but a fight was never started he never put hands on a coach he never tried to justify it uh Again, oh, I'm not a Juan Howard official, proponent. Your, your official yes. position is you're justifying Howard's actions. Justifying I, I said not, I wasn't. Yeah, That's justifying. Exactly. I said not. I wasn't. I'm saying he's not solely to blame. These are grown men, and, and you yeah, guys, and you don't do that. They have to. They have to you, act. You out. don't hit a standby for no reason. Standby. He was right there in the mix, and you don't know what he said to him. He could have said it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Could have called I, his daughter a hoe. Oh, that doesn't had, matter. You, I have no have, problem with what words you say or what timeouts or how bad you beat somebody. That's just the the nature of the sport. From here, I'm no, saying, hey, I'm not justifying short, it at all. Short career. It's happened before. It, you have a short fights, career if you can't handle fights that. Fights didn't happen afterwards. So again, so guard should have just let it go. Talk later. No, Howard, no, short career if you can't handle that. Short career. I, I think I think this is an example I mean, of a short how, career, anyways is how divided the world of college sports is over this. And, and my issue is more about accumulation of issues that Dewan Howard's had over time. I, 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 I do not believe in sticking it in somebody's face. I do not believe in running it up. My, my issue was the, as much as anything that's sticking with me is the post game press conference really bothered me. I think if Juwan Howard walked in and said, I lost my cool, I shouldn't have done what I did, I, I think I would have left it there. But it's a bad look for the University of Michigan at worst right now. Well, you got to understand, it, too. He said it Tuesday. I'll Once tell you still what. still fired if, up. If, if I'm playing he was, with Michigan, if I'm coaching he's being Michigan, antagonized. I'm calling a timeout every four, the four seconds left of every game. Timeout. Yeah. Well. Yeah. To his defense, I mean, this is coming from a completely different perspective. He's a player. He was a former player. And to be in a locker room with those guys and understand, you know, the shame that that causes or, you know, embarrassment or whatever you want to call it uh, to a team when you're already getting beat that bad, like it, it rubs you the wrong way. And I think it got under his skin, you know. Now, as an administrator, as a as a coach of a of a big name team, you you've got to hold your cool a little better. But as a player's perspective, I can see like I would have got completely mad and and done the same thing as a player. Like I don't see he does that see himself as a player, I, which I, is I a problem, was, and that I mean, that's the problem. That you've got to, no you've coaching got history that. whatsoever. I think he's got to separate Michigan's coach. He just if, had if you're going to become, uh, I mean, Chris I bet Weber he will now. That but... timeout, that championship game, four <laughs> seconds left, timeout. Damn it! No, not again. <laughs> All right, guys. That was the last I hate time to, Michigan uh, I hate to wrap it up, but we're ten minutes from our ninety-minute time limit draw tonight. Uh, I do want real quickly to go around and get each one of y'all's impressions of. Arrow up, arrow down on the tournament. Who is playing hot? Who do you like right now? And let's just uh, quickly give a little roundtable about the teams that you've seen over the last week that you really are impressed by or a team that you're thinking is going the wrong direction. Uh, Brendan, 
you look most prepared. Let's go with you to start with. Uh, by far, not most prepared. This is my weakest subject. But, uh, no, you know, not to be. You have a weaker subject than the other ones we talked about? <laughs> uh, not to be a homer. I, and I'm not a Vols fan, as you guys know. But the Vols have really impressed me as of late. Um, I've been watching a lot of their games, and shooting is starting to come around. Defense is, is playing really well. Um, you know, like, I don't know, maybe three weeks ago, I thought maybe they might make it to the Sweet 16. I think this team has, has – Do it. I think this team has a chance to – Didn't look to so make good. It to the start Elite Eight. We're going to oh, say Elite that, Eight. That is death now. Yeah, we'll say Elite Eight. And, uh, no, they, they've impressed me. Uh, you know, obviously I'm an Ohio State fan. They're, we're probably going to get, what, the four or five seed. Um, they're, they're just not as consistent. Tennessee's peaking at the right time right now. And I think they've, they've got a shot. Um, again, it's March. And – when it comes down to that, you just – you really can't guess on that. So um, – but they're picking at the right time. I, th- I think they've got – I think they've got the biggest push that they could make some waves in, in this tournament. And, again, we'll have our tournament bracket show two weeks from Sunday, and we'll be live on the air as the brackets are revealed. Raj Meta, who's your movers and shakers in the field right now? Uh, I'd watch out for UConn, who just beat Villanova. Uh, you know, Tennessee was an ugly game. If, if they make the basketball, then they win. Uh, you know, Kentucky's down big dudes and, you know, tie tie, and they're still winning. Uh, watch out for teams. It's a different game now. Providence. Providence is 22-3. and three. They, They've gone to overtime, three overtimes the other night or last night. Uh, but, you know, they're just like the other team, Texas Tech, that, you know, nobody in the starting lineup, I believe, is over 6'9". Uh, they have a bunch of bangers and tweeners. Uh, one thing about Tech, though, is they are not a great shooting team, kind of like USC, kind of like uh, Tennessee. Um, you know, people like Arkansas and right now. But uh, if I had to name one team, another team, it wouldn't be my top because I hate them, but UCLA. Uh, Tiger Campbell was out and Jalen Clark came in and was sensational with Clark, David Singleton, Jaime Jaime Jaquez, and and, uh, Johnny Juzang. They have four dead-eye shooters, and Tiger Campbell now leads them in three-point shooting. Uh, Are they tough enough? Do they play enough defense? I don't know. But if I were going to name, I'd go Texas Tech, Providence, UCLA, and uh, UConn. Strange, you sold two of mine, but Robbie, go ahead. You got what have you got going? Um, yeah, I mean, as it stands right now, um, I'm looking at Arizona, Texas Tech. Um, I also like UCLA. I will omit Tennessee for sake of uh argument because I'm biased. biased. Um, and then. You know, who knew? 
Kansas looks good. He wouldn't say a word if that was the case. Uh, Kansas looks good. Um, Arizona, man. Arizona's got two losses and one's in Knoxville, which they haven't lost all year. They've lost, I think, one game in the last two years. Like, it's a tough place to play. Um, Gonzaga, they UCLA on the road. So they've lost yeah. the Tennessee and UCLA on the road. Yeah, so two top 11 Ken Palm ratings. Um, Baylor's good. The Big 12, it's not stacked deep wide, but it's so top heavy. Um, yeah, I mean, so basically, yeah. If I'm going to have Arizona, Texas Tech, UCLA – and uh, Kansas is who I'm looking for. But, yeah, but Cliff notes, Tennessee is very dangerous. If they hit shots, guard play wins in March, they can go. They're dangerous, for sure. Absolutely. I feel the same about Arizona, UCLA, Tennessee. I'll excuse myself, but I feel the same about them. I still think Kentucky, even though Ty Ty's been out, is was playing as well as anybody before Ty Ty got hurt. The Big 12 is dominating. But I'm going to give you some teams that you might not necessarily know of that's coming into the tournament hot. One I'm going to give you with a net average and an RPI of 32 is the Davidson Wildcats coming in with only two losses, 24 and 2. The other one, near and dear to my heart, has lost. Once Again. in the last two weeks, but Murray State Mocks are going to be a 12 seed, 13 seed. Uh, I just read Ken Palm has on playing Providence in the opening round, which I think would be an absolutely great matchup of a four versus 13. Uh, also, what makes you think they're going to win the SOCON tournament? Just, I mean, well, they've been losing left and right lately you, to conference they're, they're, teams. It's tournament time. They're the the best roster, no doubt about it. uh, Let's go on. Uh, Murray State, who quietly nobody's given a lot of love to. Top 25 team. Been on an amazing run. And I'm going to give you one more team that if they get there, I think they could be dangerous. The Michigan Wolverines. And I know I just killed Jawan Howard. They have an RPI of 31. They're, uh, what, 14-11 now. I'm a big believer in the Ken Palm, too. And if you put Michigan to the Ken Palm test, they're there. Problem is, I don't think they're going to get in the tournament. So, uh, also, one of the last – Missouri Valley is getting hot again. So, that's it for me. Brandon's still mad because I just said Michigan if they get in the tournament. I mean, they're not getting in, and even if they do, they're not going to make it past the first round. So I'm not worried. Hey, their their net is 33. They're 15 and 11. I mean, win a couple more, 17 and you know 13, something like that. They have a tough schedule though. They have Illinois coming up at home, Michigan State at home, Iowa at home, and then at you know who. So they're, those are all home they're, games. They're the first mm-hmm. four out, but I think it'll come down. I think it'll come down to just. But they're without their coach for the next five yeah. games. Yeah, that's yeah, probably going to be what gets them. The backup, Phil Martelli, who's been there before with St. Joe's. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's a good uh, coach. You know, if, 
if they go three and one, they're in down the stretch. I mean, that would make them 12 and eight in the big 10. I mean, that's an automatic considering that conference. North Carolina. You're not wrong. North Carolina being one of the first four out, I think is kind of shocking, which I mean, if you, you got to think North Carolina gets in just from a namesake, but anyway, anybody else? As we close out the basketball, anybody else got anyone else to offer up before we move on to bet your nuts in the closing segments? If Tennessee gets the Final Four, I will do a 24-hour live segment from New Orleans (laughs) all weekend long. At a Waffle House. couple Mountain West teams, Colorado (laughs) State, San Diego State. The Waffle House Seton Hall back North on the table. I'll do, I'll do it. I'll do it from Lucky Lucky's Grill or whatever it is. Or uh, it's some and it's in the Gay District in New Orleans on Bourbon Street. I think it's Lucky's or maybe uh, Clover Clover Grill. That's where it, best breakfast in New Orleans. Clover right. Grill, North Texas. Watch out for them too. I have a special bet your nuts tonight. I was watching a show on YouTube that is about gambling, and they gave out a bet your nuts. And when I looked at it, I thought, is this the worst two teams that people could actually be gambling on right now in the world? Tomorrow night, the Wizards play the Thunder. And you can get six and a half points and the Thunder on a best bet. So I'm going to take the Thunder – Plus six and a half, and that's going to be my bet your nuts. Mm. I have no idea who coaches either of those teams or who plays for those teams. I wasn't even sure what city of Wizards are in until I watched this. Rod's Meta. Washington. You're underneath me. Is that a city or district? Uh, I'm underneath you. Can we rephrase, please? Uh, Earlier you said Robbie needs to get off. We have to get off Robbie, and now I'm underneath you. Uh, I'll leave that alone. Tonight, Arizona. Exactly. Uh, Tonight, Arizona. Howard's lawyer. (laughs) He's not a sexual predator. He got felt. I'm I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right. Back to the uh, topic at hand. Arizona tonight, 11 at Utah. They already beat them by 22 or something like that. It's a bad matchup for a slow Utah team. Uh, Vegas knows more than I do, but I think Arizona it rolls. They are uber athletic. Them and Duke, uh, I see them winning by twenty. All right, I'll go next. Brendan Jane. Well, so one of them started today. Obviously, um, Ohio State fan, but I felt good about this one. Ohio mm-hmm. State at Illinois. They were plus seven and a half. Uh, there is 16 minutes left. They're up 45-39. That was, you know, can't really say but bet your nuts at this point, but one of my favorite bets today. Um, my bet your nuts for the future is going to be Kyle Bush this weekend at plus 650. So he's won on this track. The most times he's won in 05, 13, 14, and 19. And they didn't have the race there last year because of COVID. 
So I feel that's pretty, pretty good value. Um, you know, throw a little change on that. Uh, Kyle Bush plus six fifty. That's not look what Murray State's doing to Belmont, by the way, Randall. Let's score. What? Look, look what Murray State sixteen and zero in the OBC. Uh, Belmont fourteen and two. Right now it's sixty one thirty three. Murray, State. I've got Kyle Bush at plus eight hundred. Where do you give it six fifty? I think that was earlier. Maybe it, it moved. Oh. This well, was I like more Kyle Bush even more plus eight hundred. So yeah, like well Brandon. yeah. And um, if it's at eight hundred, then definitely yeah. bet the entire mortgage or house on it. So I've got uh, a two bet you're not special because you do have two nuts. And so I got one for each. Um, <laughs> so lines aren't up yet. Um, I, I suspect Tennessee is going to be a three point favorite this weekend versus Auburn. Um, for comparison, the tickets that I have were going for 250 275 for Kentucky, and it was one of the most rowdy atmospheres I've been in in college basketball. They're going for 380 this weekend for Pearl's return against this team. It's going to be bananas in Thompson Bowling. Um, take Tennessee to cover. I think it's going to be a 10-point victory. The other bet you're nuts, um, I do like Brandon's pick, but I'm going to play it a bit safer, and you still get good odds, and you get the best driver with the best team, and you know where I'm going. Just Kyle Larson. Larson. And do not, Kyle do Larson. not regret it. He's um, going to get wrecked. He's going to get wrecked. That's Quick question. Happen. How do racing odds work aside from, like, baseball plus 800, but – what if he gets third? You can bet top three. You can bet top three. You can bet, you can top, bet five, top five, top ten. You can bet. You can bet head to head. It's like every. It's like every. Every. Year. There's all kinds of odds. It's like golf. Take take yeah. golf betting for instance. It's the same thing. Thank you. Well, that's some that. nobody. Nobody else had the Wizards and Thunder's game from Lamar, so I feel no. no, seriously, who coaches those hey, teams? Slight, slight update: uh, Ohio State's up fifty to thirty-nine right now. On my, that was my, you know, earlier. Who plays for the Thunder or the Wizards? <laughs> Thunder have Josh Giddey, uh, Shy Gilgis Alexander. Uh, the Wizards they just traded half their dudes, including Harold. They got. Uh, Porzingis to be injured. They got Porzingis. Yeah. Who's, Kuzma. Yeah. Uh, Wes Unsell Jr. is the Wizards coach. Don't they we have – um, We should try to do a trivia. We should do a trivia night of NBA. Don't they have Bill? Who's all players? Isn't uh, Yeah, Bradley Beal the still there, but he's still He's hurt right I don't now. know if he's – Yeah, I don't know if he's playing. Who, where does John Wall last, play now? My last words is nobody – He's in Houston. Box. He had a chance to go to the Lakers. For a trade, in theory, with no, he did with a trade for Westbrook, which would have been way better than what Westbrook is right now. So it it wasn't very realistic, according to Laker inside sources. Inside it sources, it could have been River City Media. As we shut this show down tonight, my last words are as follows: Tennessee Auburn, the biggest basketball game in Tennessee basketball history inside a Thompson Bowling Arena. Next. That's ridiculous. Because of Pearl. 
I don't know if it's the biggest, but it's good. Roger, next. A lot of subtext. I already said what I want to say. Final uh, words. Done. done. And that, that'll Davis. be a sweet game. That's all I got. I'll watch it. Um, final words. Um, looking forward to – I've been working uh, all through the week, weekend, so I'm looking forward to some time off. But now I've got going to Knoxville on Saturday for the game. Then coming back for the race, so I'm looking forward to a uh, victory weekend. The Vols are going to win, and I think um, Larson's going to win. And um, yes, yeah, looking forward to a good weekend. Go Smokies! I'll say that my seven-year-old's team. I assistant because of my schedule, but uh, the head uh, had some family issues, so last week I took over and we won fourteen to six. And uh, we play tomorrow at two, no, 3 p.m., which is good for me in case I'm hungover. Or, sorry, Saturday. So, hey, go Smokies. Hey, yes, they're called the yeah. Smokies. Hey, Jawan Howard, do you run? Do you steal bases up 10? Or you... Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> somebody's, somebody's called timeout and they touch me. They're dead, even in front of kids. <laughs> I'll just open hand them. <laughs> All right. I, I hope I wouldn't open hand them. Yeah, Robbie got his in. I'm going to go ahead and say today in Nashville is Pecorina Day. Oh, yeah. They are putting his jersey in the rafters. Pecorina has been a staple for the Predators since I can even remember. Um, Amazing, amazing player in the NHL and – his jersey's gone up today, probably right now as we speak, or probably already gone up. Anyway, First one ever, just, right, for the franchise? Yeah, just I wanted see. to say, yep, Pekka Renee, thank you for everything you've done. It, it's it, You've been amazing. You brought hockey to Nashville, essentially, and and kept people involved. So I'm cheers Googling. to you. He, he did also. he did to Nashville what they couldn't do in Atlanta. He, they brought a huge fan base to Nashville, and now it's yeah. the hottest ticket in town. Yeah, British Sound Arena. That's going up. Come visit. In 15 years, he had one losing record, and that was last year when he was 10 and 12. In his last game. A Hall of Famer. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, his last game. Uh, had like 30-something shots on goal, had a shutout. It was his 60th shutout of his career, and that's that was his last game, ended it. 60 shutouts. That, I mean, that's uh, pretty impressive. My chat. Yes, career goals against on. less than 2-5. Everybody stay on for just a minute. After we end this River City Media production of Reckless Speculation. Rock you see mine? Our River City Media Sports. Subscribe on YouTube, please. Good night. And we'll see you the same time next week. Peace. Been fun, boys.